Welcome to the MedSoup Podcast, where we talk about trending healthcare topics. I'm your host, Laura Schumacher. Let's dig in. Today we are at Carolina Rehab in Statesville, and I'm talking with physical therapist Liz Annis. And thanks for coming talking to us today. Yeah. I know we're going to be talking about something very specific in physical therapy because physical therapy kind of has a broad reach. Yes. But you provide something very specific and it's actually very beneficial for a large part of our population. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So on top of being a normal physical therapist with a doctorate degree in physical therapy, I also have special education and training in pelvic floor physical therapy. So I'm able to help women postpartum during pregnancy if they have urine leakage, pain with intercourse, a whole host of issues that kind of go untouched by the normal physical therapist population just because they may not have the education or training or be comfortable treating that part of the body. Mm -hmm. But the pelvic floor is essentially muscles. So I think that physical therapy has a great place and a great avenue to help these people. And again, I mean, this is something that happens to a lot of women, apparently, and they just try to live with it in a lot of cases. Is that what you find? Yes, absolutely. A lot of times people come to me during pregnancy because they begin to leak urine just because the pressure of the baby pushing down on their pelvic floor and on their bladder. But a lot of times that leaking doesn't stop after you have a baby. And it doesn't matter if the baby's delivered vaginally or via C-section. If you still have leaking afterwards, sometimes your OB will say, oh, Don't worry, like that'll go away in six months or a year. But sometimes it doesn't. And we just live with it because it's kind of, it can be embarrassing for some people. Some people don't want to talk about it with their healthcare provider. They're not comfortable talking to them about that. Or they think there's nothing they can do except buy Depends or wear pads for the rest of their life, which is just not true. But a lot of people don't realize that physical therapists that have been trained in this can help quite a bit because like I said, it's muscle tissue that we're talking about. And so if it has been weakened, if it has been lengthened because of childbirth or carrying a child or for other reasons, physical therapy can help. Yeah. And I imagine the more children you have, the more risk you have of kind of that continuous pressure and the stretching and things like that, that a woman would face. Yep. And if you have like an episiotomy or tearing during childbirth, that can increase your chances of leaking urine or leaking stool. That's another thing that pelvic floor PTs help women with as well. Oh, wow. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. Because I think some people hear of, you know, urine leakage. They don't think about, you know, that it affects the whole lower half. It certainly does. Yep. So it's muscular. Is that similar to strengthening muscles that you would otherwise, you know, in other exercise and other physical therapy? Yeah. It's just very specific. It's very specific, which muscle tissue is made up of two kinds of fibers that you can think about. Your strength. So how much strength does it take to pick up something heavy one time versus endurance, like your kind of muscles that you're using when you're running three miles, right? Different muscles working, different fibers of the muscles working. And so we treat the pelvic floor similarly. 
During a pelvic floor physical exam, as long as the patient is comfortable with this, we do an internal exam using Mm -hmm. one gloved lubricated finger inserted vaginally. It's less invasive than like going to your OBGYN and having your pap smear or something like that. There's no stirrups, no metal involved, nothing like that. It's, It's much more comfortable for people that I've experienced. So We do the internal pelvic floor exam, and through that exam, we can determine, okay, does this patient need strengthening for their pelvic floor so that they don't leak when they sneeze, cough, or laugh? Do they need endurance for their pelvic floor because they're doing exercises at the gym, and once they do two miles on the treadmill, they start to leak urine? Do they need to relax their pelvic floor? Because a lot of us, we don't even think about relaxing our pelvic floor. Yeah, Yeah. that's something we don't even think about. But sometimes patients are too tense in their pelvic floor, and then that's causing the urine leakage or the stool leakage. I bet you no one has thought about that. No, yeah, (laughs) right. No one in the general population has thought about Relax your pelvic floor. Yeah, we don't really think about doing that. But that's something that can be common for people who've gone through any kind of like sexual trauma, actually. That can be something that happens. And that's something that we talk about only if the patient is comfortable with. And I always prep that question with, I'm going to, you know, I like to ask this question to know if we're going into a sensitive area for you, if this is a triggering thing for you. Um, It's helpful for me to know because I always want to be conscientious of is this patient comfortable? And if they're not comfortable, we stop what we're doing and have a conversation about it because it can be a triggering thing for some people to do a pelvic floor muscle exam or even talk about their issue. Like if if it was caused by something traumatic or if it wasn't, it can be a traumatizing experience. It's Um, sensitive. It's very sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we're nice and discreet is always done in a closed private room and nobody can just, you know, walk in. Yeah, I think that's good. And then in terms of, you know, we talked about some of the symptoms. Mm -hmm. So there's something that someone would recognize. Is there anything else besides the urine leakage? Are there other Mm -hmm. things that they're looking for? Is it pain or? Yeah, yeah. Any kind of issue where there's pain involved around the hips, your SI joint, which is located like below your low back and in between your hips on your backside. If you have pain in your pubic symphysis area, which is in the very front where your pubic bone is, Mm -hmm. if you have pain there, I experienced some pain there during my pregnancy and it was pretty uncomfortable. So, And sometimes it's not Kegels that are the answer, right? It's not pelvic floor muscle contractions that are the answer. Sometimes we don't even need to do an internal pelvic floor exam. Sometimes like a pregnant person can come in and say, oh, yeah, I'm having a lot of pain in my pubic symphysis area in the front. What do you recommend? And we give them a belt to help kind of compress that area um, to keep it nice and and steady while your body is changing during pregnancy and then after pregnancy as well because your bones – can shift in there. Like your body is preparing to bring this new life into the world. And so stuff moves and stuff changes and we can help with that too. Lots of changes going on. Lots of changes before (laughs) before and after and we're here for it all. But yeah, so pain during pregnancy, after pregnancy, pain with intercourse, pain with tampon insertion, pain whenever you have to go get your pap smear at your OBGYN. Yeah. Anything like that, we treat. And that's an interesting point, too, that you brought up about someone who is currently pregnant because it's not invasive and mm-hmm, it's, mm-mm. you know, it's a, a general treatment option, too, that yep. they can be treated during pregnancy. They don't have to wait and suffer through the pain. 
Oh, yeah. Just come in when it starts to happen. And your OBGYN or your primary care provider would be happy to provide a referral for that service, I'm sure. Because a lot of it comes down to positioning, positioning at night, positioning while you're at work, what's comfortable, what's not here, some stretches that could help. Maybe we need to strengthen a muscle and then lengthen another muscle. Maybe it has nothing to do with your pelvic floor (laughs) and maybe it's upper back pain and then come in for that too, because I can treat that as well. Yeah. I was thinking while you were saying that is that, you know, a lot of pregnant women have discomfort just because everything's changing it's you know, uncomfortable. Their, their weight is changing to the front and yeah. and the stress on their back so that there are, mm-hmm. you know, a whole host of options in terms yep. of helping feel better, strengthen, preparing as you're going through your pregnancy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think right before your due date or you're due to give birth is that we can help prepare you for that too. We can talk to you about that process as well as how to help prepare your pelvic floor for giving birth. Mm -hmm. There are massages that you can do or your partner can help you do. Mm -hmm. There's stretches that you can do just to help prepare your pelvic floor for that and give your muscles as much prep and attention as you can before you go into that. Yeah, I would think that would be very helpful for a new mom who's never been through that before. Yeah, I learned myself because I have a one-year-old. So I learned all of that beforehand (laughs) as well. And now I also know what it's like to treat my own pelvic floor because I've been doing my own rehab with that. Oh, And do you find this, did you find it helpful for you in delivery? Oh, yeah. Yep. Which I actually had a C-section, so I didn't have to go through the vaginal delivery part. But Mm -hmm. even with a C-section, things still change. You still carried a baby, 38 39, 40 weeks. So your body has changed quite a bit. Your core changes after a C-section. And that's Mm -hmm. something that physical therapy can help with. Because we're also trained to look for diastasis recti. So that is when your abdominal muscles in the front separate a little bit. And that's very normal. I think about 90% of women end up having that by the end of their pregnancy, or closer to 98%, actually, I believe, ends up having that natural separation Sometimes it goes back. Sometimes it does not. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's pathological. Sometimes it can lead to hernias down the road if you don't strengthen your core. Yeah, which could lead to surgical repair. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which you want to prevent. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, and I'm a little bit biased, obviously, because I know what we can offer as pelvic floor physical therapists, but I think after your six-week checkup at your OB, you need to be handed a pelvic floor physical therapy referral Mm -hmm. and hope that there is someone within a decent driving distance to you that can help you with that. Because there are just many, many, many things that you can work on after you give birth. Right. Now, where you're located, you're located in Statesville, North Carolina, but mm-hmm. you pull patients from all over the region. Yes. Because there there aren't many places that offer this service. No, there's not. So there is a website where you can look up any pelvic floor physical therapist in your area. I get my education through an institution called Herman and Wallace, and they have a registry on their website where you can register as a pelvic floor physical therapist. Patients can go on there and if they have a referral or if they don't and just look to see who's in their area. And I'm the only one listed in Statesville. I have referrals coming in from Virginia because there's no one up there treating people where this patient lives. And providers will call all around PT clinics trying to find someone to treat pelvic floor physical therapy. 
It's getting more popular. There's more people out there doing it, but just not many in more rural areas. Well, and I think the more education there is about it, the more that physicians are aware yeah. and patients, potential patients are aware. Yep. And we'll include a link in the notes for this podcast as well so you can get to that website. And that leads me to the training. Like, How do you prepare yourself as a provider of these services to provide this training yeah. to your patients? So we do continuing education. We have to every year just to keep our physical therapy license. So I chose to dive into this after I saw, I was doing an acute care clinical rotation in a hospital and I saw and was treating a woman who had fallen and broken her hip. When I was talking to her, I was like, well, how often do you fall? She was like, oh, all the time. I'm like, well, what, what's making you fall? Are you tripping oh over gosh. something? What's going on? She's like, well, in the middle of the night, I have to get up and use the restroom at least two or three times. And when I do, I rush because I know if I don't rush, I don't get there in time. And then I leak urine all over myself and I don't want to have to do that. So this poor older woman was rushing to the restroom in the dark and fell. Oh and so, okay, we're treating her for her hip. But what's the underlying cause of her repeated falls, right? It's her pelvic yeah. floor. So that kind of sparked my curiosity there because I was talking to my clinical instructor and I was like, well, how can we help her pelvic floor? How can we not help her pee on herself? Yeah. Like whenever she's trying to go to the bathroom at night and she didn't know. And I was like, oh, that's a problem. We need to know. Yeah. <laughs> we need to figure it out. And fix then the I problem. fix the problem. Let's fix the problem why this poor woman was falling. And I'm sure other people too. It's not just her. It's not just a fluke that I ran into her, you know. And so I started diving into it and I've gone to four pelvic floor courses. They last multiple days through a week or through a weekend. It's hands-on training. So we practice on each other too for comfort and also just to palpate anatomy. We got to figure out where everything is because we're not really taught that area a whole lot in school. Mm -hmm. You'd be surprised how many women have never even looked at their vaginas before. But I talk about it like it's your elbow, you know, <laughs> it's just well, a comfortable thing. Well, that's what your patients want. They want you comfortable exactly. with it because probably they're not as comfortable. Right, exactly. So that's also part of my job is like introducing you to that part of your own body yeah. that you might not have be introduced to it before because it's a little bit taboo. We don't really talk about it that much. We only talk about it when it's very necessary, mm -hmm. right? Maybe during pregnancy and after childbirth. And then six weeks after that, no doctor ever talks to you about it again, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Unless something comes up. Yeah. But, yeah. But you think that you'd, you'd be driven by the discomfort of possibly, you know, having a urine leak mm -hmm. at an inopportune time, mm -hmm. you know, so that it is important to figure that out and talk about it. Well, yeah, because you don't want to have to be like looking, where's the next restroom? Where's the next restroom? If that's yeah. you, come and see me. Because <laughs> like if you're having to plan out when you can go urinate, if you're having to pack extra pads in your pocket because you don't know if you're going to leak, if you're waking up three, four times a night to go to the bathroom, yeah, then pelvic floor physical therapy can help. And not necessarily by strengthening the pelvic floor, like I said. A lot of it is retraining your bladder and your brain to work differently. Because I, oh. I kind of explain it to patients like if your bladder was a naughty child, and so you're taking your child to the grocery store. Every time you check out, that child wants a candy bar. 
and it screams and pitches a fit. And then you give it a candy bar because you just want the kid to like stop screaming, right? Mm-hmm. And then every time you get to the grocery store, what's going to happen? That kid's going to start screaming and it's going to want another oh, candy bar. Yeah. So if you go to the restroom repeatedly, even if you're not producing a lot of urine, you're not even producing half a cup of urine mm-hmm. in the toilet every time you go to the restroom, that's just training your bladder to say, hey, we need to go. Hey, we need to go. Hey, we need to go. Even if you don't have a full bladder. So some sort of mind signal. Yeah. Tapping into it as well. Yes. You have sensors on the inside of your bladder that talk to you and tell you if you need to go urinate or not. So part of pelvic floor physical therapy is manipulating those sensors by changing your habits. And then your, your bladder function becomes better and then you don't have to wear as many pads. And then you can go have a glass of wine with your girlfriends at night and not worry about it. <laughs> That's really interesting. Never mm-hmm. thought about it that way. But it makes sense. Yeah. But this is something that's unique to women, this particular type. of, mm, Or is it? It's not. It's not. It's not. There's a whole world of male pelvic floor physical therapy out there. Oh. In the future, I plan on being trained in that. Mm-hmm. Right now, I have minimal education for male pelvic floor physical therapy. However, I can still treat basic urine leakage. I've had a couple patients with prostatectomies, mm-hmm. so having their prostate removed because of prostate cancer. That can cause urine leakage yeah. because that prostate plays a role in you being able to hold your bladder. Mm-hmm. So that can be bladder retraining. Men can do Kegels. Men can do pelvic floor muscle contractions because we have similar muscles down there. They're called different things and they're shaped differently. But at the end of the day, they have to have a pelvic floor to work as well because that's kind of part of our hip system, our support system. It's like a bowl of muscles holding up your organs. Mm -hmm. And all humans have that. Interesting. So Mm -hmm. how effective is this type of therapy for men and women typically? I mean, I know everyone's different and every situation's different, but... I mean, do you find that the success rate is pretty good? Or Yeah, yeah, I do. And it might not be a situation where it's 100% better 100% of the time, but that's just mm-hmm. medicine. That's just medicine in general, yeah. right? And people. And people <laughs> in general. Yeah. Like, do you do your home exercises perfectly every single time and do the exact amount of repetitions that I ask you to every single time? No, yeah. I didn't do that whenever I was a PT client, essentially, instead of a treating physical therapist. I didn't do all my homework every day. Yeah. So, but it's different. It's different. I have good results with urine leakage. That's my main thing that Mm -hmm. I enjoy treating. And it doesn't even take that long to notice results. It could be as little as session to session. I typically see... Uh huh. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. So, which is great. And some physical therapy is not that immediate gratification. And that's why I like pelvic floor therapy is Mm -hmm. because a lot of times you educate a patient and they take that education and they run with it and they do well pretty quick. And I don't have to meet with pelvic floor patients three times a week. I typically do one time a week for about four to six weeks, depending on their progress and how they feel like they're doing. Because a lot of what we're looking for is subjectively getting better. We're not looking for, can your bicep lift two pounds versus can your bicep lift 20 pounds? I don't care about okay. the weight. You don't have to lift weights with your vagina muscles. We don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. <laughs> but are you leaking none at night? That's what I want. Are you leaking none throughout the day? That's what I want. Are mm-hmm. you, Or are you having to use one pad during the day instead of three or four? That's good progress too. 
Yeah. I mean, all of that is significantly life-changing Yeah, for someone who does suffer from that condition. Yep. Yeah. Because you, you know, going to work and taking a walk and oh, everything. You know, like you said, laughing with your girlfriends. Yeah, you don't or your guy friends. To, you know, you yeah. Know that it's when that happens in public, it's very upsetting. Yeah, absolutely. It changes people's social lives for the better. Mm-hmm. Like they feel like they can actually go out and do things instead of cancel a plan if it's going to involve driving for two hours or cancel a plan if you're going to have to be out late at night for three hours yeah. or you're dreading that six hour drive to the Outer Banks because you know you're going to have to stop every half hour to go pee and your family's going to get mad. Yeah. <laughs> so it can really change a lot of stuff for the better. And you're saying you see them once a week for maybe six to eight weeks, but they're doing homework. Oh, yes. Homework is... that's the the key. That's the ticket. Yeah, because you're only in my office for an hour a week. Mm -hmm. Even if you came three times a week, that's only three hours a week. And you're at home and living your life way more than that at home and at work. So these are oftentimes strengthening exercises that you can do at work while you're sitting in your office chair and nobody even knows because you can't (laughs) see your pelvic floor muscles contracting when you're just sitting there. So this is stuff you can just be doing while you're standing there cooking dinner, when you're out and about while you're sitting in your car at every red light, do 10 pelvic floor contractions. You know, you can make it work into your schedule and you don't have to necessarily set aside a huge chunk of time during your day to get these done either. Yeah. And you can't say that about many fitness routines. Correct. So if you're talking about your pelvic fitness, that is something you can sneak in here and there. Oh, we make it so easy. We're making it so easy for people. Yeah. That's great. Well, if someone is experiencing, you know, some of the things that you've detailed, some of the, you know, pain or leakage, pregnancy, discomfort, is this something they need a referral for or can they call and schedule their own appointment? How does that work? Mm-hmm. So it depends on your insurance, unfortunately. So in the state of North Carolina, we have legislation in place that says we do not have to have a referral for patients, Mm -hmm. but everyone's insurance is different. And at the end of the day, insurance rules the world, unfortunately. Yeah. So a lot of times Blue Cross Blue Shield does not have to have a referral, especially with the state plan. But if you're Medicaid, Medicare, we do have to have a referral in place for that. But you can always call, patients can call to check on their insurance plan to see if they need a referral or they can just call our office and our front desk staff would be happy to let you know if you need a referral for that or not. I think that's a big help is to have, you know, a team here that is willing to help somebody kind of get through the red tape of figuring out if that's Oh yeah. That's Yeah. Insurance is tricky enough as it is, and we don't want that to be a barrier for someone getting help. Mm -hmm. So call the office, talk to our front desk staff. You could always, patients could ask to talk to me specifically too, and I'm more than happy to talk to patients and walk them through the process, what to expect on the first day, what I think that I could help them with, and then schedule them from there. Well, that's fantastic. So if a patient wants more information, they can call the office and we'll include that in the notes or they also can visit your website, carolinarehab.com. And if someone wants to be seen, about how long does it take to get in to start their process? 
Oh, very quick. Very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So the good thing about Carolina Rehab is that we're a privately owned clinic. Jeff Falk, the owner, he still works here. He's a practicing clinician here. This place has been around for 25 years. It's a big part of the community. We love treating the community. We're part of the community. We live here. We work here, go to church here, like have our kids in school here. Mm -hmm. So we're part of the community and, and we see a lot of folks from the community and we like to do that. We do not make people wait. A lot of times with bigger institutions, I've heard of referrals being out for three months before people can get an appointment, four weeks. You know, it just takes a while, especially for pelvic floor physical therapy sometimes because we're just not around. So there's people from all over the place trying to get in with pelvic floor physical therapists. Mm -hmm. But here, no, you'll get in within the week if you have a referral. That's good to know. And I think patients like to know that you're part of the community. You're here. You're there for them. Yep. And it makes them feel comfortable. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much, Liz. And again, you can look at carolinarehab.com. The phone number's on there. And there are staff members here to help you figure out how to get that appointment scheduled or get a referral if your insurance requires that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, 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 oh,